1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We are back in action. Had a little break. Well, the NBA also had a break. The All-Star break specifically, but I took a little time out for, uh, for a little family vacation. And now here we are back in action. We've got a ton to catch up on today. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, Keith, you did not steer me wrong talked me into waiting in a two-hour line to go on rise of the resistance and boy that that was worth it so i thank you my friend for that that advice that was oh my goodness unforgettable going on that one
2: yeah, it's it's people ask me how to describe it and I'm like it feels like it's like four or five rides in one like It does. It's, it's incredible. So yeah, if anybody is at uh the other Disneyland or Walt Disney World, uh check out Rise of the Resistance. You might have to wait a while, but I promise it'll be worth it. It'll be uh probably one of the highlights of your trip.
1: For sure. I've never never been on a ride quite like that. That was absolutely amazing. But um but we've got so much basketball to get into. I'm <laughs> sure we can talk Disney another day. Uh, let's, let's just start, let's start right here. The big, I I don't know if this is a surprise with the rumblings we've been hearing lately, but Nate McMillan getting dismissed, uh, by the Hawks. It it felt like it kind of came from out of nowhere. It was only what a few weeks ago when there was the, the rumblings that Nate McMillan might just step down, might walk away. And then there, there was of course the counter reports and McMillan himself saying that's not what's going to happen. And now here we are suddenly they're, they're done. Uh, Nate is, is leaving the Hawks and, now, where do things go from here? They've got to begin a, a coaching search. Quinn Snyder, already a name that's out there. This this definitely caught me off guard, Keith. What what are your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, it was caught a little off guard too for all the same reasons you said. We we went through this and this had happened a month or so ago or whatever it was when we had all those reports. So I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, you know, these reports came out and now we're moving in a different direction. But mm-hmm. yeah, we then landed in a spot where it's like, yeah, we're not doing that. And we went further on into the season, but I'm guessing it's the Hawks are looking at it as we didn't make a big shakeup at the trade deadline. They really, they added Sadiq Bay, but didn't do anything else major. They did a couple of tax avoidance moves. Mm -hmm. Um, Did lower down on the roster with non-rotation guys and then it became a spot where all right well we didn't change the roster so let's try and change the coach and see if we can spark something here i do think it's interesting there doesn't sound like they have a whole lot of interest in just running it out the rest of the way with uh joe Prunty as the interim coach it sounds like they are very set on we want to get somebody in here now and it's Funny that that's, I wonder if that's going to start to be a trend, right? We we saw Chris Finch take the uh, T-Wolves job kind of on the fly uh, in season. And I wonder if that's something that we may see more often now where, hey, we'll grab an assistant coach and get the guy in and get him set and he can start building a system and working with the players and get kind of a head start on the summer planning. And maybe that's something new that we're going to start seeing teams do.
1: Yeah, it does make some sense to to give a coach uh, that little bit of a window into you know the team and everything if, if a guy takes over as the head coach he can be more of an active participant in the off-season decision-making process because yeah. he'll have a better sense of exactly what's going on with the team what it's like actually running the team at the helm what works what doesn't work and then you can make, make some more informed decisions uh over the summer so i don't think it's necessarily a terrible strategy now that that said i, I do think the hawks are going to continue to explore the market though and see who's out there. especially you know quinn snyder is going to be the name at the top of the list for a mm-hmm. lot of teams uh, that have coaching vacancies, so it'll be interesting to see if they can find something there.
2: Yeah, keep an eye on Charles Lee too. He's an assistant coach with the Bucs. He's uh, he seems like he's kind of that next guy up, maybe mm-hmm. to to get a job here. And uh, well, we'll see. It seems like they're they're trying to keep it in the semi Hawks family. Of a lot of guys who were there under Mike Budenholzer uh, when he was their head coach seem to be a lot of the guys at the top of the list. So uh, that's definitely something we'll we'll have our eyes on here over the next week or so. All right,
1: Russell Westbrook going to be joining the L.A. Clippers, which is what we've been predicting all along would make a lot of sense for that to happen. There were rumblings out there that maybe he would go to the Bulls or the Miami Heat, uh, but the Clippers do make some sense from Westbrook's perspective. I think it's a little bit of a risk for him too because they're in that kind of win now mode and it would be very easy for them to revert back to whatever was working if this doesn't work with Russ. But, Keith, what are your thoughts on the landing spot? Russell Westbrook lands with the Clippers – Ironically, replacing John Wall essentially, I guess Reggie Jackson or John Wall <laughs> sure. either way. But John Wall and, and Russell Westbrook just forever
2: linked, linked, apparently, right? Yeah. If we if we find out that uh, the Lakers sign John Wall at some point in the oh next couple of days, that'd be absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Just just keep keep it, you know, just keep following each other through through the NBA for time to come. Yeah, I think the there's a lot of you know. Well, if Russ does this and this and this, it'll work out great. Well you know some of those things are like what if he what if they use him as like a screener and he you know is is a role man he plays almost a like years, a small man. draymond and it's like yeah then they're done that uh that's happened now for a few years and it doesn't happen. Now, Zach Lowe went on a little bit of a rant where he's like, "No more Russ as an off-ball screener." I think this season he set a career high in like screens per game, and it was like seventy something in like the fifty something games he played with the Lakers. So it's like it's just not going to happen, right? It's you know, you almost kind of almost stumble into one on-ball screen game, right? <laughs> just you know, <laughs> but you're just you you're know.
1: unaware of your surroundings yeah. and you yeah. accidentally you get in mind. someone's way. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, so. That's just probably not going to happen. But I will say this: the Clippers are a very um, perimeter-based team. They don't get the ball inside very much. Russ is still pretty good at getting downhill. He still does, you know, do well at getting to the rim. What it, what happens when he gets there it tends to be a little bit mixed. Uh, he's not the finisher he once was, but he's still a pretty good passer. Uh, can still do some things. So we'll we'll see. If uh, I think I'm kind of in the spot where if they play him in five out lineups where he can have a little bit of space to attack and be a playmaker passer. It probably works. If you're playing him out there with Mason Plumley or Vita Zubac in a lot of lineups, it's probably going to get too congested and it's going to be too tight, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm with you where if you're the Clippers, you're not in You're they've been playing pretty well. I want to say they've won like 10 out of 14 or something like that. They, they've really moved up uh, in the standings. They seem to be locking into guys playing more. So, you got to be cautious though, because you're still in a very heavy seeding fight uh, in the Western Conference, and Terrence Mann's been doing fine, holding down the position. So if if it's not working though, I kind of trust that that Ty Lu and the Clippers will be like, all right, hey, this didn't go the way we wanted. We're going to move in a different direction.
1: That's the danger for Russell Westbrook. Whereas maybe that doesn't exist with say the Chicago Bulls or or something like that. But flip side. If it works, you know, could be talking about a potentially a championship. So mm-hmm. I understand the risk-reward in addition to getting to stay close to family. How bummed is Bones Highland right, right now, sure. right? I mean, wasn't getting the minutes that he wanted in, in Denver, and, and that was kind of a mess. And then he gets moved to the Clippers, and, oh, here comes Russell Westbrook, who now we're already talking about getting a starting job, and that makes Bones what? the third stringer at, at best, not, yeah, not idea maybe for even fourth string yeah.
2: point guard because they, they were committed to using Eric Gordon in a pseudo point guard yeah. role. Cause it's important to remember too, they get a lot of their playmaking from Kawhi and Paul George. So they don't necessarily need to play with a very traditional point guard at all out there. So it's, yeah, it's tough. I, I think this is a good lesson of the grass isn't always greener, right? If you're Bones Highland, this may be one of those things where, it might be a year or two before things really fully pop for him and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there and it, maybe it happens with the Clippers maybe it doesn't but that's uh you know that's going to end up being probably a story for another day cuz I don't think we're going to see much impact out of him the rest of the way on that roster. Yeah, unfortunately one of
1: my favorites. Uh
2: Patrick Beverly, Russell
1: Westbrook didn't take the Bulls job Patrick Beverly did. going to join the Chicago Bulls try to help them make a playoff push here. Uh, we had heard a number of teams connected to Pat and, and everybody, myself included, instantly jumped to the, oh, he's going to go back to the, the Wolves thing. Yeah. That, that was going to work out. And then we heard the counter report saying, no, that's not really what Minnesota's looking for. And he ultimately winds up back with or with the Chicago Bulls. What do you think about the fit there?
2: Yeah, I, I it's fine. I mean, we're going to talk about part of why they yes. needed a point guard That'll be here in a minute. It's one of those things where I think, the Bulls are going through a spot where I would assume who is, he's a nice player, but probably in a little over his head as a starting point guard. Uh, I, I think we're in a spot where we've got a couple other guys um, on that roster. Kobe White's never really been a point guard. Goran Dragic, after years of expecting him to slow down, looks like he finally is slowing down a little bit. So I think with Beverly, it's a thought of, again, another team. Levine and DeRozan do most of the playmaking. So, much like his role with the Lakers, which was play defense and been spot up and you know, kind of play that way, Beverly will probably have a similar role with the Bulls. And the Bulls, obviously, they're, they're not giving up on the season, they're, they're still trying to make a run here and trying to get into to to the playoffs. So, probably let's see, I'm pulling it up two yeah, games back
1: of the 10 seed right now, they're yeah, currently 11th at least.
2: Exactly. Two games back to the 10 seed. They are, what, what is that? Six and a half games behind the Knicks for the sixth. So for them, it's now all about, all right, let's get into the play-in tournament and try to make do, do our damage from there. Because it's important to remember, they have no benefit to really saying, all right, well, let's just try to improve our draft pick. Because unless they're top four, that pick goes to Orlando. So there's, you know, you might as well make a run and trying to be a playing team because otherwise you're going to be sitting there uh, lottery night, really hoping for some ping pong ball luck.
1: All right. You mentioned it already. Lonzo ball. uh, Part of the reason why the Bulls are looking for a point guard. Uh, sounds like he's going to be shut down for the season. Keith, we were asking the question earlier on in the year of will Lonzo ball play basketball this season? Now I feel like maybe we're getting closer to simply asking the question, will Lonzo ball play basketball? Um, Is oh, that, yeah. I, I hope that's not where this is headed. There's yeah. obviously been some, uh, some rumblings. Tristan Thompson had some comments on this recently saying it's a fairly unique situation with Lonzo and his knee and everything that's going on there. Um He won't play this year. Now it becomes a question of, can he get back this summer? And we'll see, but this is, this is not, the kind of news that you want to see for a, for a young player like Lonzo that's so talented, that's got some some real things that he can bring to a basketball team. Um, now we just got to hope he can get healthy at some point.
2: Yeah, and I, I had forgotten, and then in reading some of the stuff and listening to some people talk about it, he had had knee issues all the way back to high school and then had some when he was at UCLA, nothing major, but then went through some stuff with the Lakers where he missed some time um, with various knee, leg, foot, injuries and issues and then same with the pelicans and now it's carried over here to the bulls and what worries me is him and robert williams both had their surgeries roughly the same time roughly you know it's not exactly that and they're not the same players and they weren't the same exact injuries but Williams is back and basically is back to full go he doesn't play back to backs but that's just out of an abundance of caution Mm -hmm. and here we are you know well now over a year later uh, Lonzo not even playing right can't seems like he can't go more than a day or two without having pain and soreness and those kind of things and and it's you know you I hate to make it you know about this but it is important he's owed 42 million dollars over the next two seasons about 20.5 and about 21.5 so that's tough because if you're the bulls it's going to be hard to hit a reset if if you just get that kind of sitting there uh, on your books as kind of an albatross you have to work around so mm-hmm. let's hope you know whatever happens from here on out now hopefully with the pressure off of we're not trying to return this year. You can get it fixed. You can get in there, really do what you got to do and get a moved to a good place moving forward. That, that's the hope. And uh, let, let's, let's, you know, let's all kind of cross our fingers and that's where this lands. Cause right now I'm with you. I'm starting to worry. Like are we ever going to see him get right again. What I'm guessing he'll play again, but is he ever going to be, you know, Lonzo ball again? That, that's what I want.
0: We're driven by the search for better.
1: Well, and that's you know this it goes all the way back to his Lakers days where it would be you know it, whatever injury you you come up with if it's ankle or knee or, or whatever it's going to be hey this is typically a, a six week recovery or whatever. For Lonzo, it was it was nine weeks, it was ten weeks. Yeah. Like it was he was just it just takes him a while to recover from injuries, and you got to wonder if there's a cumulative effect of all that. Um, all right, let's jump over to an, another signing, uh, Kevin Love. Uh, as well as Cody Zeller joining the Miami Heat. Now, Kevin Love did not shoot the ball well for the Cavs. It's a reason, you know, it, it, I guess, let's even back up a little bit. This is kind of a rarity in that you've got a contending team that's buying out a player that's a veteran player that would be looking for a win-now situation, but Kevin Love had fallen out of the rotation. Typically, it's teams that are at the bottom of the table that are buying out veteran players so they have a chance to go win somewhere else. The Cavs have a better chance to win than the Miami Heat do this this season and they still parted ways with, with Kevin love here. So for Miami, it's hoping that he refines that, that uh, regains that shooting stroke. And then he's able to then become part of their rotation because he just hasn't quite looked like the same guy this
2: year. Yeah, I think when you look at it from the Cavs standpoint, this really struck me as interesting because their season last year, I think people have kind of forgotten. They were making a push to be a top six seed and make the playoffs last year. And it all kind of fell apart right around now when Jared Allen went out and missed a whole bunch of time. And then they lost Darius Garland for a while and just injuries really sunk them. Well, I look at it and like, you still don't have a ton of front court depth in, in Cleveland. It appears with, some of the small forwards uh, the emergence of Isaac kacorroro Karis vert still on the roster Chetty Osman still on the roster that now they're looking at Dean Wade instead of kind of be kind of being a very big three they're looking at him as being like all right you can play the four for us and and then we've got Robin Lopez if we need to to throw in at the five and they're still sitting on an open roster spot so they could do something if they need to so this kind of says to me they probably looked at it and said all right Kevin love doesn't, he's not content to just be break glass in case of emergency player for us anymore. And they're probably looking at it and saying, yeah, hey, can he play anymore? That always worries me, right, when a team is willing to let a guy go, like you said, a contending team. If you're willing to do that, that's probably an eyebrow raiser of, huh, if they're letting him walk, where are we at? Now, when we flip over to the heat side of it, they needed anybody – big man that could come in and give them anything that isn't bam at a bio because bam is being overtaxed i'm worried that he's just not gonna have enough left by the time we get to to the playoffs and that's that's recognizing orlando robinson their two-way big man has played very well and i thought when they cleared some room under the cat under the tax line that part of that would be are we're going to convert orlando robinson but instead it was we're going to add Kevin Love and we're going to add Cody Zeller. They double dipped and said, mm-hmm. we're going to bring in two bigs uh, here and we're, we're going to run them out there and see you know, what this looks like. So if you're Miami, you're loading up a little bit up front. Now you can push Caleb Martin down into his natural. He, he was really a 2-3 his whole career, and he'd been playing a lot at the 4. Uh, Jimmy Butler plays a lot at the 4. So now you can start to build lineups that maybe make a little bit more sense. But it'll go a lot better if Kevin Love can return back to being a high 30s a three-point shooter if he can't it's probably not going to be all that great for them
1: is cody zeller getting unfairly overlooked here obviously not nearly the name that kevin love is but in terms of impact and what the miami heat need it assuming zeller is healthy he may be able to fit the bill and at least spell bam Adebayo of bio a bit more uh certainly as, as more of a true center than, than kevin love
2: yeah, maybe a little bit. He played some for Portland and was playing okay in a bench role for the Blazers before he got injured. Before that, he had spent several years with the Hornets, and you know was always a good center. Not, never great, but always you know held his own, and, and was fine for them. So, yeah, I I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I mean, maybe it's probably a lot depends on is he healthy, is he yeah. fully ready to go, is he in shape, and if he is, then you know Miami will get something. But I do wonder. Now what becomes a Robinson because he's pushing up against that um, two-way games limit. Uh, we're going to talk about that later in the show for a couple other two-way moves that were made. So that gets a little interesting. Of I guess they're just going to say, yeah, hit hey, your limit, and then we're going to call it a season for you, and we'll we'll readdress this summer. Uh, but then Omer, you're at seven, maybe he was supposed to be back too, and he was going to be a big part of things for Miami. So I'm very curious to see, uh, you know, what they do in their front court.
1: All right, uh, the Hornets, Miles Bridges made a comment about potentially being back in March, but latest from GM Mitch Kupchak was that they don't, they still don't know the results of the NBA's investigation into the whole situation with bridges would have to imagine that even if he's back in, like, I would be surprised if we see miles bridges on an NBA court this season, whenever the NBA concludes their investigation in order to get him actually back, you know, eligible for a game, he's going to get suspended. And I would be shocked if that suspension doesn't finish out the season for him.
2: Yeah, that, that's where I'm at as well with, with this. I think we're in a position with uh, Bridges. of He may be back, meaning under contract, but I don't right. think he plays this year. I think there's a pretty healthy suspension coming. And we talked about this back when it was kind of floated as like a, a trial balloon. And no, no pun on uh, floating balloons around the yeah. United States right now. But <laughs> it's, um, you know, when he came back, it was – or when the rumors was that he was coming back, one of the thoughts was, well, they're bringing, they're going to sign him to get the suspension out of the way this season so they could start fresh next year. So that could probably still happen, especially if they get him at the beginning of March. And we don't know how long the suspension will be. Well, one's going to come. And a lot of people said, why is not the NBA suspended him yet? Well, he's not under contract. There's no reason to suspend a player who's not under contract. They, they have no reason to suspend a non-NBA player uh, right now, which is what he is as far as they, they look at it goes. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think we see him play this year, even if he signs. And if you're Charlotte, too, you might want to kind of, hey, let's get this resolved so we can go into our summer knowing what it is we're going to do, mm-hmm. right? We can really kind of build, build out what's probably looking like a pretty pivotal summer for them. They're going to have a good high draft pick. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to start figuring stuff out because we're getting close to extension time for Lonzo Ball, and that'll come with a whole bunch Molo. of questions of Lamelo Ball, rather. Um, yeah, well, that's gonna come with a bunch of like, what are we doing here? Because how long do I want to sign up for this? So we'll we'll see. You know, if this is part of that thinking, is let's you know do a little bit more of a long term approach on this one.
1: Yeah, team option on Lamelo next year is at ten point nine million, so just shy of eleven million for Lamelo. Obviously, it's a no brainer to pick that up. But then. After that, I mean, of course, you get into restricted free agency. If you let it go that far, you'd like to sign him to an extension. Well, that but... one's been
2: picked up, remember, because that's yeah. rookie scale. So Yeah. So they've picked that one up. But yeah, he's extension eligible next summer.
1: Right. And that's the way, where they're going to have to look and see, you know, and, and I would have to imagine if you're LaMelo, you're probably saying, hey, what is what is this going to look like moving forward from yep. here?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Where are we going? And you know, it's, you don't want to think about it this way, but once you start next year that you're in the final year, that Gordon Hayward contract, which is, you know, once it becomes expiring money, that becomes a little more movable and you can do some different stuff. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of moving parts there in Charlotte.
1: All right. Let's jump over to, well, let's go here you know, while we're talking about some buyout players and things like that. Will Barton does secure the buyout that we were anticipating hasn't landed anywhere yet you're looking at the names that are on the buyout market right now they're relatively underwhelming just, just to be honest here there's some guys I suppose that can come in and maybe give you a, a little bit of a boost off the bench but Will Barton is probably among the top few that teams are going to be looking at so where did do, where does he land where does he ultimately wind up because he's a guy who could definitely come in and give you you know 15 minutes or so off off the bench as a as a wing player and make an impact
2: Yeah, I was told roughly three weeks ago that if he wasn't traded and he did get a buyout that there was mutual interest between him and the Celtics. I reported that on Celtics blog. So we'll see if that's something the Celtics are still sitting on an open roster spot. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's the way they want to go. And that'd be a nice regular season move for them. Take a little bit of the minutes load off Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And then it's probably one of those where if you're in a playoff game and it's, all right, you know, we're down 15. We really need to get some offense cooking here. Throw him in there and see if he can get you going, right? And you know, get you moving and get back in the game, but I don't know if at this point in his career, if Will Barton's a guy you're going to be playing in the last five minutes of playoff games, probably not anymore. Right. That's, that's probably just not who he is, but you know, regular season guy can come in as a depth piece or even a guy who, you know, could play maybe in the early rounds of the playoffs and give you something for 15 minutes a night. Yeah. I, I, he'll catch on with somebody. Uh, There's too many teams that are always kind of looking for, Hey, we could use another wing. So he'll, he'll jump in somewhere before this year's out.
1: All right, a little bit of a surprise. R.J. Hampton waived by the Orlando Magic. Uh, sounds like he could be headed to the Pistons. Keith, what's going on there? Why? Why did Orlando decide to part ways
2: with R.J.? Yeah, it was funny. So this is this part makes me really not the ham to be a waived part. But what makes me happy is a bunch of people were like, well, I assume Keith and Trevor will address why he got waived on front office show when they record. Uh, come back this week. So thanks for all the people who sent those notes and uh, called indeed. it out. And here we are. We're indeed going to address it. So when the Magic got R.J. Hampton, it wasn't that he was a throw-in in the Aaron Gordon deal, but the, the, the trade there was really for Gary Harrison, the first-round pick, and then Hampton was put in the deal. And the Magic were like, yeah, we like him, but we've got a lot of other guards. Well, since then, they've gotten even more guards because they drafted Jalen Suggs and those kind of things. At best, he was like their fifth. Uh, guard at worst, you know, could be sixth, maybe even seventh as some other players have emerged at that position. So what's happened is there's just no minutes for him. They they, every night, they play Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Cole Anthony, and Jalen Suggs. That's that's your 96 backcourt minutes right there. Mm -hmm. That Those are eaten up by those four guys, and rarely, um, unless one of them misses, does somebody else sneak in there. So it's one of those where I think for the Magic, it's, hey, this kid's tried to do right by us. He's he's asked several times and gotten G League assignments just to get game reps in. Uh, but I think the Magic with that is like it's just not going to happen. So they cut him free, let him go, join where he wants to go. I think this is a great flyer for the Pistons. Bring him in. You you're not exactly loaded in your backcourt right now. Uh bring him in, see what he can do. Be able to throw him in some lineups, maybe with Jaden Ivy, you know, maybe some lineups where Hampton's kind of the, the backup uh two guard or whatever it is and let let him kind of see what it looks like and play it out the rest of the year because you're you're in a spot if you're Detroit, it doesn't really matter. So you know, let's see and if it works it works great and then we'll we'll move on. I have a feeling when this contract is signed this is going to be one of those two-year deals where the Pistons have a little bit of, yeah, hey, if he pops here over the last 20 or so games, we can keep him for a relatively reasonable contract in the next year.
1: All right. Speaking of guys that are, are trying to, to get a little bit of recognition with the new team, Myers Leonard uh, joining the Bucks. Just a 10-day contract. We'll see how that goes. Now, the, I mean, the Bucs. Look, one of the prere- prerequisites to be a big for the Bucs is you have to be able to shoot the three. Yep. And Myers Leonard can certainly do that. Uh, So they they add a little bit of insurance here. But again, just a 10-day contract. Risk is minimal. We'll see if he can uh, reignite his NBA career.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Let's see what it looks like. Because he can do a decent Brooke Lopez impression, right? Mm -hmm. Shoot shoot the ball and and protect the rim. Bobby Portis is still injured. And now they did add Jay Crowder, but... That's not what Jay Crowder is, right? He's not a five. He's more of a four that can play some three. Um, so this is, a, yeah, let's get get, uh, get get Myers Leonard in here, see what it looks like. Uh, by all accounts, everything he was asked to do um, from, from the uh, racial slur, he's done it, and he's been given a lot of kudos for the effort and time and all the things he's put in trying to really learn while also rehabbing an injury that was what? also held him out so i think the combination of the two it's teams are saying all right hey we can give a second chance here and see what this looks like and and go from there and then probably if it works great if it doesn't it was a 10-day and we move on to the next guy
1: yeah exactly exactly so we'll see what he can do there on a 10-day contract can he do enough to stick ultimately in milwaukee his skill set is what the bucks typically look for out of a big uh chris dunn frank jackson signing on with the jazz utah doing what they should be doing right now just kind of taking a look at some guys use the yeah. remainder of the season to see what you can, you can find And Who knows? Maybe you unearth a, a diamond in the rough and find somebody that can help you moving forward. Probably not, but you know, while you've got flexibility on your roster might as well take opportunities to give it, give guys a look.
2: That's it. You've got the roster spots. You're still far enough under the tax that that's not even close to a problem. Bring some guys in. If, 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 you know, Dunn or Jackson pop, then you can, Resign them and bring the guy in, you know, for a longer term contract and bring him into camp next year and see what it looks like. So, yeah, then they they were down three roster spots because they had waived, they were down a roster spot from the trades. Then they waived Russell Westbrook. And then I think we're going to get to it. Uh, they waived Leandro Balmaro as well. Uh, so, and you got to get just so everybody knows, can only be at under 14 players for a two week period in the NBA. Then you have to bring a guy in. Now you could bring them in for a day and then cut them and go from there. But generally what teams will do is they'll sign a 10 day and bring them in and they'll, they'll sometimes play those games a little bit, but yeah, this for Utah is, yeah, let's start cycling through some guys. I think those last two, three roster spots on the jazz, it's probably going to be a lot of churn over the last you know couple months of the regular season here is that they're, repositioning their season I think if they were to continue to win enough and they stumbled into the play and I think they'd be like okay it happened we're fine but I think for now they're like "Ah, we're not that far off from having the fifth best lottery odds let's maybe slide in that direction instead
1: yeah especially given the players that they parted with now Russell Westbrook's not going to play for them they're going to waive him I'd have to imagine that they do start dropping some games more frequently here
2: and they don't have a ton of True point guard options on this team because no. Jordan Clarkson's more of a two, Colin Sexton's probably more of a two. Uh so my guess is those two guys will keep starting. But give Jackson and Dunn, who also aren't really truly point guards yeah, either. I was you say. Know, but you know, give give them a look and see what it looks like. You know what's funny? I had um when I was up just as an aside, I was updating and I was updating Chris Dunn's uh, stuff and putting him in. And I was like, Man, when Chris Dunn came into the league, because that's when I add them into my database. He was listed at six foot five. He's now listed at six foot three. So, um, much like my grandma, he must be He's shrinking, shrinking as he gets older. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the NBA height listings are never inaccurate, yeah. so we, yeah. we know that. Don sure. Quantumani
2: I guess, is what. That's what right.
1: We're going on. That's right. He's got superpowers. That's the yeah. explanation. But, uh, the NBA and the NBA PA are continuing their CBA negotiations, ideally looking to finish them before the end of March. Before. Their next um, deadline. There, it sounds like both sides really want to get this done. A- again, everything we're hearing is is positive in terms of there's not going to be a work stoppage. There's not going to be anything like that. Like they're just trying to hammer out these issues, and both sides are motivated. I think that by now, if there was a major sticking point, we'd be hearing about yeah. it. Of course, there's going to be things that they're going to argue about. Things that they're going to there's going to be give and take on it all. If that's part of the process. But we've yet to hear anything like. This is the issue, and this is insurmountable. It, that, that just doesn't seem to be out there. So I think there should still be a lot of optimism that this gets done. We're not going to see any kind of a, a a lockout or anything like that in the NBA.
2: Yeah, I think we are down to detail-type stuff versus big-picture items. Like In the biggest of the big pictures, how do we split the money? Well, my yeah. guess is they're probably either – Slight tweaks or maybe no tweaks To how we split the money Or, you know, hey, let's lock this in To make sure, you know, this is where we go And it's probably more of, hey, the cap will rise by X And won't fall by more than X And those kind of things Just to make sure everybody's in a good place with that But, yeah, I think we said Each time they push the deadline back Because they've done that twice now that's not a bad thing because they're doing it mutually. This isn't either side drawing a line in the sand and say, nope, we're done. We're not negotiating. A couple, couple items that came out of that and also out of Adam Silver's you know conversation is um, there's, there's a lot of focus around load management. Um, they're trying to improve the product for the fans. There's no you know uh i think adam silver at one point called it like uh you know there, there's no uh uh you know specific solution here there's no silver bullet to make sure this fix it's kind of funny because he's adam silver um but it's, <laughs> it's uh i we is,
1: need that we're gonna need to make like the next time there's bullet. a big like adam silver news clip or something <laughs> yeah, i, I
2: need to make bullet. a silver bullet, bullet perfect prop. he is I like um I, I think for him he is uh Basically saying like maybe we tie If you're going to be eligible for postseason awards There's some minimum 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 Games played threshold or something Like that so we'll see if that's where that Goes um, he also basically Said uh, no Expansion discussion until The CBA is finished and the Next media deals are completed so you're a couple Years out but he did very Openly say but then we will go into Those discussions so as we've said On here a million times Expansions coming it's just you know, it's just a matter of time now uh with that and then the last thing i thought was interesting was um this was from tamika tramaglio the president of uh the, the players association she said that they're not so sure that they want to get rid of the one and done rule because they want to protect jobs hmm. for veteran players so everybody's been kind of waiting for the double draft and when are we going to have you know right. one and done's gone and guys can jump right from high school i think couple of things have changed, right? We now have the NIL process. Guys can actually get paid while they're in college. There's other paths, right? There's the G League Ignite. There's the yep. overtime elite uh, path to, to get paid to play. And we're seeing guys come out of those ranks and be very highly drafted as well. So I think the NBPA is taking a smart stance here because unless you start adding roster spots, which maybe comes through expansion, but
1: cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com that's BlueNile.com it's only a
2: kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this Adidas Every kid you let in out of high school, that's one less veteran who's going to have a job, right? And that's just the way the math on that works. They, they're, they're, they're just going to bump guys out. And, and they don't want to see see their older players and their older members who have been you know, in the league for 10-plus years get necessarily getting bumped out early. So that's uh, you know, going to be something to continue to monitor. So I don't think that changes anytime soon.
1: So who is it that wants the one and done thing to go away? I don't know if
2: anybody does anymore. Right? Like Because
1: for a while it was a thing like, oh, this is like, that was a foregone conclusion that this is going to happen. But from, you know, when this first became a a thing, it was, well, this protects teams, this protects owners from having to pay 18 year olds who aren't ready to contribute on the floor anyway. And so it was more an ownership driven thing. But if the players are, are looking at it that way, then I don't, I don't see why it would happen because to me, it doesn't feel like something that either side would be that interested in.
2: And I think there was a period of time where it was, well, we got to get these kids paid, right? There's because there was no pathway and it was like, why are we sending, you know, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson? Like, why are we making them go to school? Like, what are we doing? Like they're they're getting nothing out of that. And I, when it really picked up steam was when we started seeing, it's funny, we talked about RJ Hampton earlier and LaMelo ball, both. They went over and played over in the australian league because we were starting to see guys all right i'll jump and go play overseas then if i can't make the jump right to the nba i'll go get paid that way for a year so so that's where i think as we get into this stuff it's become all right there's other pathways now this is no longer the priority that it once was and i wonder if all sides are now in agreement on the nba front of this isn't a problem we need to fix like we're not going to worry about this yeah
1: yeah. And especially as they dig into, it's it's possible too, once they get into negotiations and they're going, okay, hey, we're really, we're looking at these issues. Suddenly this one thing with the age requirement doesn't seem as big when yeah. you're really diving deep into. And you pick off topics.
2: that low hanging fruit, right? You're like, well, oh, we're in your agreement. Good. Toss them in the bucket. Yep, Moving on to the next bigger issue that we're going to spend time on. So, yeah.
1: All right, Um, we do have some topics that we're not going to get to today uh, due to to time reasons, but we'll kick those to tomorrow. But I do want to finish with this. Uh, Jacques Vaughn getting an extension with the Nets. Stability, right? The the Nets have undergone a lot of change this year. There's been a lot of upheaval. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant out uh, with that franchise. The Nets are are committing to Jacques Vaughn, giving him an extension. That provides a bit of stability to uh, an organization that I think from the, the team level badly needs it.
2: When I say this, this is no knock on Steve Nash because I think he was in an extremely difficult position. I thought Jock Vaughn should have got this extension when after the bubble. I thought he did a good job with that team in the bubble. I thought he had them in a good place. I thought he was going to get that job, and I kind of get why they went with Steve Nash. They wanted kind of maybe the bigger name, um, but he's just he's done a nice job with this team. He had them winning at a great rate. Before Kevin Durant got hurt, I want to say they yeah. won like 18 out of 20 or something. Then Durant got hurt, and then Kyrie, you know kind of half sort of kept him afloat till he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then everything went sideways. So you're absolutely right. This is let's bring in some stability because where it's where there's not going to be stability with this team is with the roster. It's going to change yeah. a lot. It just did, but it's going to continue to evolve and change over the next year. So now it's going to be our, right. well, we have the coach and now what you can do if you're Sean Marks is you can start to pick guys who, they kind of fit what Jacques Vaughn wants, right? Because we've kind of got our coach moving forward. So I, I think this is very, very well earned by him, and I think it's great.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is a great opportunity for, for him to sort of put a stamp on this franchise, and we'll see how they build moving forward. Uh, I think they're going to have a very busy summer and uh, entering the next, the next iteration of the Brooklyn Nets. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up for today. Happy to be back and in action here. Now we've got a game starting up again tomorrow night. Keith, I missed games. The all-star game did not do it for me. I missed (laughs) real games. Yeah, we're not going to spend any
2: time on that disaster. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, What a mess. What a mess. I'm gonna be completely honest. I watched maybe 10 minutes of it live. Um, and then I fell asleep while it was yeah. on. Like I I zonked out. We we'd been at a soccer tournament all weekend. I'd spent the entire weekend out in the sun. Kind of see it, I think. Um, <laughs> pretty well sunburned there. I get my soccer dad tan. Working got the, got here. the tan going. I, was, I did, but I was uh yeah, I was so tired and I was just like, I'm not staying up for this. And then I watched it the next day, kind of. Half watched it. I had it on in the background. But yeah, I'm ready for real games. It was I tweeted it last night. I was like, all right, this was cool, but I'm ready for NBA basketball to come back
1: now. I, I couldn't pay that much attention to it as well, to be to be honest. Um, so well, we are back. NBA basketball back tomorrow night. Thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office show on YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. See you guys tomorrow. Stay safe.